0: This is Joseph again from Bone Chiller's podcast with Lauren. Hello. And I guess I'm doing an intro again, so maybe from now on. (laughs) Uh, But today we have a pretty, I'm pretty excited to talk about this topic because I think we're going to get more into like scary stories and and think about stuff that, or at least one of the scariest things that I think of when I, I think of these typical horror movies and and uh, supernatural things. So what we're going to talk about today is demonic possession. And so I think we like touched on this in a very early podcast where we mentioned ghosts and if you believe in them and supernatural things. And But I don't think we've actually talked about any details of, of possession and what that even means. And there's actually a uh, pretty entertaining uh, like <laughs> checklist of things that you can... We can evaluate yourself if you're feeling weird and see if you are in fact
1: possessed oh, really
0: yeah there's there's and this is pretty official stuff there's four there's four stages or four degrees of possession um that start with some things that maybe you've experienced so maybe you are not to the fourth degree possessed but you're you're in the early stages so. <laughs> right. um, but yeah before i start talking about you know how the, you know the early cases of this and what it means and the, some some case studies i guess have you personally experienced anyone that has claimed to be possessed or seems to be possessed
1: no i can't say that i have um i mean like you said you, you see it a lot in movies and stuff yeah but I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody who's like, oh, I feel a little bit weird. I think I'm being possessed right now. But, like, also, I guess it is quite different to ghosts, because yeah, they actually take over you, because these yeah, are supposed exactly. to be demons who are, so that, I guess, not and It's, it's
0: hard, because, you know, if you know someone that's going through a lot, and their personality changes or something like that. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I guess it's borderline, like, mental health issues. Is yeah, like, so like a lot of modern...
0: Exactly. So a lot of modern... There's this, like a really weird intersection now. I guess say in the last five to ten years, where psychiatrists mm. are are basically meeting with or overlapping with with the uh, the religious community, like exor- uh, you know, people who mm. do exorcisms, and uh, to try to understand certain patients that are are going through these things, and and it's kind of alarming how like modern science still obviously is lacking a lot, but in this specific scenario where you would think that demonic possession is really far out there and that there are obviously um, other things that could be going on. So I don't, I also don't know anyone that has been possessed or claims to be possessed. I don't know anyone that's been exercised um, or any demons that have been exercised, but, I thought that then I would just... And I wasn't really expecting. I mean, I think it's a pretty <laughs> serious well, thing.
1: Do you know anybody who... Because, like, people... I guess, again, it's maybe not the same. Because it's more of, like, a house. Like, there's spirits and stuff in a house. And some mm-hmm. people get, like, priests and stuff in to get rid of the the demons and to cleanse it. Is that the same? And Yeah, so, so there's, ever... like...
0: So you're talking about, like, when, like, a ghost... Or, like, a spiritualist comes in and then gets rid of like entities in a house, and then I guess, right? What, so,
1: it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't that, be like a priest or anyone, it would be completely, yeah.
0: Different. This is like
1: it has to in be a someone specifically, that, yeah.
0: Like, a, there's they have really strange titles, like chief exorcist, or like you know, they have ranks.
1: <laughs> and right? So,
0: I guess, what how do you I,
1: become one? I so don't like, know, I'm gonna do that
0: so, today. so this, <laughs> I don't, I didn't like look into that, but I think basically, if you're just a like a higher ranking member of a religious community specifically. Mm. I think with Catholics, it's, it's very big.
1: Yeah. So it's probably
0: the most popular religion where it's uh, it just takes place because I think Catholics specifically within Christianity have a lot of like fancy sparkly, you know, relics and all this stuff that i think is cared mm-hmm. about a lot less in other areas of christianity so like you know right. the traditional like bring a cross and the holy water and all the incense and all this like i think that it ties really really well with that and so a lot of these people are like roman priests that you know like all these roman catholic type priests that are doing mm. exorcism yeah so yeah when i think of exorcism I mean obviously there's the they think of like tying someone to a bed and like chanting, and then they go crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely don't know anyone that's that's experienced that, but that's like a very high degree of possession. So there's other, right? There's other types. Level I four. mean, you could, yeah, level four. So <laughs> I thought I would go, just sort of in order, or in order just to highlight that this is taken pretty seriously in in the religious community. There's a website in san antonio there's the archdiocese a catholic archdiocese that has a page dedicated to how can you tell if someone is demon possessed and this says it's important (laughs) to recognize the difference between a person who's possessed and a person struggling with mental illness um okay at
1: least they point it out and they're not just like instantly possessed right yeah this this,
0: this priest or this exorcist who's been an exorcist since 1952
1: Whoa, told wait. told an
0: <laughs> told an Italian agency that you know most of the time a person's not possessed but is struggling with some other mental illness and the key to telling oh, okay. the difference is you through the discernment in prayer on part of the exorcist and the possessed so basically if if there's a re, like a very negative reaction to a religious form. Mm-hmm. And this person, you know, if this person is just like kind of down in the dumps, but then you know, like pull out a cross and they, they start going nuts. Like uh, that's apparently
1: yeah. a telltale
0: sign, which makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, yeah. It says the exorcist typically says a pro- prolonged prayer to the point where if the adversary is present, meaning, I guess, the demon, there's a reaction. Mm-hmm. So this priest this described... Um, the unsettling reaction that a possessed person. So again, this, I think this form of possession is pretty like uh, far on the the spectrum of it being more severe, but this person or this priest says, there's no lack of frightening facial expressions, threatening words or gestures and other things, but especially blasphemies against God and our lady. So it's, I guess, a Uh more, more telltale sign as if it's like a religious assault if that's how the i don't know (laughs) i see so this is one yeah this is obviously one take on this um but they this particular page has (laughs) has been very funny because there's this this priest again has been leading a school for exorcists for 13 years so training training exorcists
1: but you have to be Um, a priest i guess Like that's the yeah,
0: and the International Association of Exorcists, which is an actual uh, group, they called the rise of the occult activity a pastoral emergency. So there, there's like a priest versus, or, or I guess Catholic versus Satanist, kind of. I mean, obviously. This is, mm. I'm not even going to go into satanic stuff, but
1: I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> that, time. that
0: you use, you know, their their your view of demons is quite different. So maybe they like invite that kind of right attention. Um, yeah, the best defense against demonic possession is simple and sacramental life of prayer. Obviously, it's yeah. absolutely fundamental to get rid of sin and live in the grace of God. So that this just goes into sort of like. You know, converting you so I'm not going to get into any of that but that's this is a page on a a very real website so I can I can show you that later but there's a more there's a more like agnostic description of these four degrees and so the first level I guess is called infestation and so this says this is basically like your typical what you would just explain as like a ghost presence so you you like hear footsteps Mm -hmm. and voices and stuff's moving around like something's there that's sort of like with you and it doesn't it doesn't start affecting you but you notice that things are moving around and that like things are being like there's an entity there but you just can't identify it so you're not you're still not like feeling a certain way but you are aware that there's maybe something around so that's the first stage and so if you can identify that stage
1: Um, Are they suggesting that you're the only person that can hear this?
0: If it's targeting you specifically, then yes.
1: Right. Like if it's, if it,
0: yeah. So (laughs) I think in that case, this doesn't say this, but I would imagine if this is what is happening, you should just leave that area because it seems, (laughs) it seems tied to a specific, I mean, sometimes it's not. I I think the point of the, the scary thing about demonic possession is like, it follows you. You know, right, like there are a yeah. lot of movies where, like, a, there's, like, a kid that has some demon tied to him, and then it, like, follows him everywhere. So I think that is yeah. maybe more like this. So even if you're at the first stage, maybe there's right. no escaping it, but at least you, you, um, I don't know. Accept
1: his presence. You
0: can get help from somewhere <laughs> soon, or pray or something.
1: Go if to San Antonio, you, in Texas.
0: Yeah. yeah. So there's a, <laughs> there's a 91-year-old, another chief exorcist of Rome. He passed away September 16th, 2016, and he wrote a book in 1990 called An Exorcist Tells His Story, and oh. he sort of outlined this stuff. And so one thing to to keep in mind is that if you're in a house and you hear stuff like the way to then also think about whether or not you've been or are in the entry stages of being possessed or just being haunted, so the, it says it's a process and always requires an open door for demonic possession so if you've just lived your life and moved into a new place and start hearing stuff then chances are it's haunted or there's something an entity bound to the house but if you're day to day if you're in the same place and you start hearing stuff and you for example played with the ouija boards attended seances and or gone on ghost hunts or stuff like that it says no matter how innocent one's intentions dark spirits can take advantage of such opportunity so oh basically you can go out you can if you're like seeking out these thrills and something attaches to your soul or whatever you can bring that with you and then it becomes more difficult right. to right. get rid of so that's the first stage is like let's say you went on a i don't know haunted asylum tour and then you mm-hmm. come back and your, house, your apartment's that you start hearing stuff move so that's step one or stage right. one stage two is called oppression It says activity steps up with physical attacks, sleep disturbances, including regular nightmares, frequent and severe illnesses, major depression or anxiety, severe financial or employment problems and relationship troubles. While these things happen in a normal course of life, all of them happening at once or in rapid succession could be the sign of a demonic presence. So this is when it starts to, I guess, affect your life more than just hearing Mm -hmm. weird things. Right. The third stage is obsession it says as the name implies at this stage the afflicted person has a hard time functioning being constantly preoccupied with thoughts of the demonic activity commandeering his or her life and frequently with thoughts of suicide as well sleep becomes nearly impossible all three state three of these stages can be addressed by a competent deliverance minister however the last stage is reserved for official exorcist so if you're experiencing these previous things i guess you can just go to any any church or any minister according to this and they can sort of take care of it for you but when it becomes the fourth stage which is possession itself um it says contrary to popular belief possession is not demons entering a person's body and taking over his or her soul person's free will is never removed only severely compromised in possession a person is so physically emotionally mentally and spiritually broken down by going through the other three stages that demonic spirits are able to seize occasional control over that person's actions. Telltale signs of possession include, this is, this is the funniest, superhuman strength.
1: Speaking, <laughs>
0: speaking in a language the victim doesn't know inordinate aversion to holy objects, knowledge of events or facts the victim could not possibly know. And according to diocese of San Jose exorcist, Gary Thomas changes in facial features. It says telltale like, signs in- do not include three hundred sixty degree head spins. So
1: <laughs> as popularized by I, the Exorcist, yeah. the movie.
0: <laughs> exactly. So well, um yeah, those are the signs. So it gets it seems like it gets pretty pretty serious. I guess yeah. you can like flip a car over and then like just not be able to do it for a while. Like, I
1: don't know. Y- yep, you're a demon. But what yeah. cracks me up is that this demon is supposed to be, like, all-powerful and, like, really evil. But then you say, like, a prayer and it's supposed to be, like, ah, and, like, goes away and gets, like, really upset. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not very huh. hard then, are you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess it... Maybe they don't expect people to catch them. I don't know. Oh, well, maybe. So then it, there's... So I was going to talk about some, like, very early uh exorcist exorcisms yeah. or possessions but um so someone found it says erica i'm going to butcher this some french name <laughs> found in a study of 488 societies worldwide that 74% believe in possession by spirits um and obviously this is i've spoken mostly about like Catholicism or Christianity but it's pretty much religious you know universally like Oh, accepted I, like judaism even then like uh native uh, native americans or just native people right um islam buddhism uh, it's all it's all sort of thought about oh, as being accepted or, or possible mm. and i think it's just become really like in modern pop culture just mainly been a catholic thing i'm not sure that exorcism is widely accepted as a solution but it seems like it's just accepted that you can be possessed so i don't well, know i don't know if there's like a, a buddhist equivalent of a exorcism
1: well surely you would want to help your people and not just let them be possessed forever
0: yeah i, I guess it it's apparently you can you can uh, overcome it in buddhism so like uh, if you're str- okay. your will is strong enough then you can banish right. it yourself
1: oh that's pretty hard but in
0: me- yeah in medicine and psychology the people that are in like a uh, you know, more scientific community would still believe in it they call it possessive trance disorder mm-hmm. um that's usually they link it to a lot of like hysteria tourette's even epilepsy schizophrenia um, dissociative identity disorder but basically possession form which is like a sub topic of dissociative identity disorder it's it's dissociative identity disorder where it manifests itself as behavior that appears as if a spirit supernatural being or outside person has taken control such that the individual starts speak beginning or speaking like a in a different manner and says it is also not uncommon to ascribe the experience of sleep paralysis to demonic possession
1: oh that's good i'm all right then
0: <laughs> what do you mean you you are well, what i had
1: that that it one. says oh wait it
0: says that that's what <laughs> what are you talking about yeah you may be oh sorry possessed. i
1: misunderstood <laughs> yeah oh it god says, so it I was says possessed that one like time. sleep
0: sleep paralysis i guess i don't know if this sentence is not worded very well so it could be saying that the the way sleep paralysis feels is very similar to what it would feel like if you were possessed. Right. Um, it says the symptoms vary across cultures. Obviously, demonic possession is not a valid psychiatric diagnosis that's recognized no. by many, many places. Mm. Um, but oh interestingly enough, it says that some have expressed concern that belief in demonic possession limits your access to health care, specifically if you're mentally ill. So there's like a, I guess people are trying to more widely accept this as a, as a, an ailment so that people that claim that are not just immediately like, you know, ignored yeah. they could have some underlying illness. Right. So the, the first there, there is a pretty funny like list of, of things. Um, and there are a few like notable cases that date back very early, um, but I'm gonna start with one that that is considered to be like a, a demonic possession fraud. So apparently, it's common enough <laughs> that people pretend they're possessed. Not not just like committed crime, though? but like I don't R- ah
1: so, right. I, I don't
0: I don't know. So this one, this is Martha. This is actually the earliest, I would say, one of the earliest notable examples of of demonic possession in general. But this yeah. woman, and these are all in France. Like all of these early ones, this is in fifteen fifty seven. Oh no, this is this is in like yeah, in the 50, late fifteen hundreds. And yeah. a lot of the early ones are in France. I don't really know why. That's weird. But uh, this woman, Martha Brossier, was a French woman, and she's infamous for feigning demonic possession at the age of twenty two. The fraud was discovered by Charles Miran, Bishop of the Diocese of Angers um basically that's cited because like th- this is one of the cases where i think she said she was suffering a lot and it was from dep- uh, from possession but it was considered to be fraud so it says that right. the maladies from which she was recorded to suffer include extreme shortness of breath the ability to stick out her tongue unreasonably far and the gnashing of her teeth. She would writhe and move her mouth as if she had convulsions while contorting her face, rolling her eyes, and appearing to show deep vexation and torment. She would also contort her body parts. A rumbling noise was heard from the area of her spleen under her short ribs on her left side, causing her left thigh to spasm. She often spoke in a violent and roaring voice. She was recorded to have laid flat on her back and skipped with her body, being able to span the distance from the altar to the door of a great chapel in four or five lifts which onlookers described as giving an impression of her being dragged or lifted, presumably by demons. During her demonic fits, she was able to endure pinpricks to her hands and neck with limited bleeding. She was able to speak with her mouth shut, often speaking English and Greek in fluency.
1: Which she obviously wouldn't have known being in France.
0: Yeah, so this is, this is all the things that were recorded, but here's the discovery of the fraud. So this Charles guy discovered the fraud by making her drink holy water under the guise of normal water he had exorcist presenter with a key wrapped up in red silk, stating that the silk contained a relic of a true cross and recite various verses from Virgil, which Martha's demon took for exorcism rites. As both the presence of the wrapped key and recital lines agitated her immensely, the fraud became clear. Wow. Well, because um, they liked I, her. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly um, this is not very not much evidence for either side here. It says three, <laughs> three were of the opinion that she was an imposter with little indication of the malady. The parliament nominated 11 physicians who all unanimously reported there was nothing demonic, suggesting that she used the physical strength of her stomach and breast to speak with her mouth shut. And that's all there is about her. Right. So this was considered a fraud. Right. But in 1611 in a providence south of france there were the, there is a series of cases among some nuns oh. and actually this guy father Louis gafridi was co- accused and convicted of causing the possession by making a pact with the devil <gasps> and he was executed oh. by strangulation and his body burned and this was the oh. this made the, this case is key for setting legal precedent for conviction and execution of another guy like twenty years later for a similar wow. thing. So of course these are all like around witch hunts and all that in mm-hmm. this time period. But they now call this guy the the father of lies. So apparently <laughs> he he um he made this pact and a lot of these nuns started exhibiting really crazy stuff. Um and basically they they didn't say that it was not a possession. They punished him for like inviting the devil. And right. then um, they just it went to court and they, proved, they said he was guilty. Um, but there's a little bit of investigation story here that it's pretty long. So I'm not going to go through all of it. But it says in the winter of 1610, they underwent further attempts at exorcism of the nuns in a holy cave. Where Mary Magdalene had once lived, the women appeared to be trying to outdo each other. Um, Capo, who was who was one of these exorcists, I guess, would speak in a deep voice, and what people were screaming. Basically, it was it just was a a nightmare. It's a group of nuns just freaking out, <laughs> and so
1: mass hysteria.
0: Yeah, and this this Capo guy. Uh, Oh, this is why this made no sense. This is Louise Capote, one of the nuns. She's one of the nuns. Who's yeah. going crazy. So <laughs> she claimed to be possessed by a devil named Varin. And when caught in inconsistent statements, Capote responded, the devil is the father of lies. The interrogation of the parties attract a number of spectators. Um, and basically, that it was not very credible that That this this woman was saying, or the demon through this woman was saying, that this guy is the reason that she became possessed. So that was the testimony that. Right. And and it says in court, uh, he actually confessed to this though, but he confessed after extraction by torture in court,
1: which I thought in sixteen
0: in sixteen ten. That's a pretty imagine you testify and they're just torturing you so that you can just finally say what Final. they want.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that?
0: he signed a confession. Um, and they, they sent him to death by fire. Oh, but on that's April, like the 30th, worst way. <laughs> yeah, April 30th, April 30th, oh. 1611 was the day of his execution. Um, so it's weird because he was sentenced to death by fire, but then they put a rope around his neck with his head and feet bare. Um, He's still living after the torture. He was escorted by archers and dragged through the streets for five hours. Oh my God.
1: Oh, and the geez. priest was
0: granted mercy of strangulation before his body was burned to ashes. But immediately mercy. after following his execution, um, there were no more possession, right? There wasn't like not everyone yeah. was fine, but this this Louise Capot was possessed until she died, apparently. She accused a blind girl. Who was executed in July, sixteen eleven? Um, both of the sisters were banished from the convent. So, basically, she was charged with witchcraft. Thirty years later, forty years later,
1: right. and she
0: was she was found to have the devil's mark and was sentenced to imprisonment. Um, and she died in in, 19, in seventeen uh, 1670 at sixteen seventy at seventy seven. So this woman just right. caused I don't know she the, she got this guy killed and she was doing witchcraft. Anyway, though, this was all fine because they figured it's just this one person. But then in in 1613, two years later, um, the possession spread to another convent. And it basically just kept spreading. And so they didn't really know what to do. Um, But 20 years later, they basically executed another guy for a similar reason.
1: Oh, no. For
0: bringing the demon into this this area that yeah. took over them. So that was like, this is like the earliest case of like a widespread in 1611.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, In 16, 1638 is the first American example or one of the first American examples is Dorothy mm-hmm. Talbot. And it's a trial of an insane woman at a time where insane were obviously treated like criminals. Yeah. She was hanged in 1639, a year after the trial for killing her three-year-old daughter because she claimed God told her to. Oh, um, right. and the, she was thought to be possessed by, by Satan. And here are the circumstances. She became very, she was pretty much normal, respectable member of the church. This is in Salem. So I yeah. imagine there was some <laughs> crazy witch stuff going on. Um, and she became increasingly like depressed and had violent fits and her, her personality was thought to be becoming very strange and um she actually attempted to kill her husband and the children and herself and and was like exhibiting very strange behavior and she said that satan was talking to her and telling her um, that basically it had to be done and so no one really listened to her to the fact that she was going crazy like this mm. and they cast the church elders cast her out of the church and she didn't go to court for assaulting her husband. She just never showed up. And so she was ordered to be bound and chained to a post until her behavior changed. And then in 1637, in July of that year, um, she was whipped for infractions against her husband and, and improved for a while until she again fell into a state of despair. She, in the November of 1638, she killed her daughter, whose named Difficulty. What? By breaking her neck, an act to which she freely <gasps> confessed later. Um, and at her trial, she was uncooperative and didn't speak until they basically threatened to, to pile stones on her chest. Right. Um, and when they were doing that, she pleaded guilty. So again, very common trend uh-huh. of forcing people to... Yeah. I mean, she admitted to doing it after she was... Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, she removed the cloth covering her head and put it under her noose to lessen the pain even as she was swinging from the noose she attempted to grab at a ladder to save herself so this is considered significant because um in 1637 american colonial law regarding murder followed english common law um and which the the it was clear the punishment for murder was death right um and in massachusetts an eye an eye. yeah oh. in massachusetts um there was like no alternative to that um so basically, the the common law in Massachusetts made no distinction between insanity and criminal behavior. So this is before you could plead insanity. And obviously, it right. was different things. So um, four years after her death, they basically wrote a, a small segment in the law where it was sort of the first actionable step at making insanity. Um, you could plead insanity, basically. And, that, and people who were deemed mentally ill were treated differently in court as opposed to just being murdered uh, yeah. w- of sound mind. So that was another person that was thought to be possessed. Um, again, not much evidence for it. Then there's uh, another woman in Massachusetts from 1672. Um, her name was Elizabeth Knapp. And yeah. so she... Um, just after, wait, what? Just four years after the nap case, the town was attacked by 400 Native Americans. This is really random fact that's in this.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: anyway, this possession case is quite long because it's unique and weird. Um, yeah. and the reason it's weird is because it was apparently taken pretty seriously from a scientific point of view. So she was like, I guess, seeing a doctor for the fairly regularly. And she was the servant at um, this guy, Sam Willard's house, who's a reverend in the church. And this was an issue because, well, I don't know if it was an issue, but basically she wasn't super religious, but he was very religious and and would constantly give her sermons personally about being obedient to God. Mm. And that he kept saying that, you know, you should be careful because the devil is, is equally as ready to take you as God is. And so... When she became a member of his household, she began to show signs of demonic possessions. And he took a very careful and scientific approach, which was rare for a 17th century Puritan, which I guess makes sense.
1: Yeah. He
0: called a medical doctor uh, very often as it progressed. They couldn't explain any reason for her having fits. And so he declared that it was possession. Right. So it said that she had the most violent fits when he was present. And he carefully and meticulously documented her daily from the first night she showed signs from Monday, October 30th, 1671, until January 1672. So he said that she, at first, began, began to complain about pains in her body. She'd grab certain body parts and yell out, particularly about being strangled, even though no one was doing anything. And hmm. she would go through emotional fits, sometimes laughing to the point of hysterics, weeping or screaming out, then hallucinating. Several occasions, she claimed to see two people walking around her. She stated to have seen a man floating around her bed. Hmm.
1: <laughs> That's does that
0: sound familiar
1: <laughs> thanks <laughs> nap,
0: nap broke out into fits particularly at nighttime, and convulsed on the ground and she tried to throw herself into the fire on the first sabbath oh. the day after the symptoms appeared the young girl became violent leaping and contorting her body where it took three or four people to hold her down as she was throwing these fits she would yell at the words money money sin and misery misery Willard then documented on November 2nd She made a confession of meeting with the devil, which is a characteristic of most cases. She stated that for three years, the devil met with her, promising money, youth, ease from labor, and the ability to see the world. She claimed that he had presented her with a book of blood covenants, which were signed by other women as well. She also said the devil had tried to get her to kill herself and others, Willard and his family included, but she could not do what he asked. She continued with fits and apparitions of the devil and other spirits until the night of November 28th, which she had a fit lasting 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Afterward, she was in a catatonic state until the night of December 8th, in which she made the confession that after being assaulted by the devil, she made a pact with him and allowed him into her bed. Mm Willard's journal continued on to say that she, throughout the month of December, goes in and out of violent fits, one much worse than the next. She talks in a strange, deep voice and makes animal sounds. It's also during these few weeks that Willard states the devil talked through her body, call, calling him a rogue minister. <laughs> Willard's entries do not begin again until January 10th, so a month between that. And he writes well, that he Christmas met with time. he met with her again. She confessed to him that the devil had control of her body, and he was much more powerful than her. Um, she stated that he took hold of her speech and had no control of what she was saying. The next night, she was crying and weeping. She called for Willard, um, and he held her for more than an hour um and just like basically left because he couldn't he couldn't deal with it so she continues speechless she continued like just going crazy with these fits and then he he ends the documentation and says he's going to leave it to more learned aged and judicious people than he was so he concluded his entry with the final four points where he gave his final opinions um he stated that the distemper that she was experiencing can no way be counterfeit on the grounds that it was physically impossible to fake such actions. The second point refers to whether or not her temper was natural or diabolical. He okay. said the length of her convulsions and strength of her fits um, made it seem like she was possessed. Then he said a lot of people were skeptical he was that the devil was talking through her, but he was convinced because she spoke with her mouth closed. Her throat would swell up like a balloon and voices that he heard were not her own. Not just deeper, but just, like, a different voice. Right. And says, however, the fourth point, he said um, he had strong doubts about her making a pact with the devil. Um, and he just basically went on to give very powerful sermons in Salem during the Salem witch trials. Um, and he, he was trying to discredit evidence for conviction of several women stating that, that, you know, instead of being burned for being a witch, they should be evaluated based on their, like, possibility of being possessed yeah um so he he tried to i guess rally for the legal system to be more fair for people that were like this but obviously didn't didn't work (laughs) and it said he stopped his entries into the journal and and ever since it's been a historical mystery what happened to her um she actually there's no record of her being dead She just kind of like no one talked about her just gone
1: oh so nobody knows what happened to her nope Wow. um
0: i think most people now so what do you think happened do you think it was possession there's there's two possible explanations for this
1: well what first of all my question is why would anybody go look for the devil
0: i don't know i mean i only know that from like you know you want something how you think after all these I movies guess, and yeah. stuff where like when has the devil ever been fair like you never, <laughs> well, she didn't you have any deal, movies to watch. I guess she so. She couldn't
1: watch movies then.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: She had to lead by example, I guess. All, but you I guess know what he else really.
0: You, you what? know what confuses me is like, think about how many people are, there are. How does the devil have so much time that he can just bother one person?
1: Well, he has literally infinite time, right? I guess that's true. So.
0: I guess he so can also multiply himself. You.
1: Yeah, I guess. And I guess if he sends demons as well, he can send them to do his dirty work. It's also so true it that a lot of him.
0: like a lot of people like you're right, the devil's not like necessarily a singular entity. It's like demons in general are the devil. Like
1: an extension of yeah. him. Mm.
0: Yeah, so what do you think? You think that she was possessed or you think she was mentally no, ill? I feel
1: like it was probably schizophrenia. Hmm. I think is my my thing my yeah that's my diagnosis so it's, it
0: yours? says that i guess it's always going to be difficult to to argue against like something like that that's yeah. obviously more logical it says here um one theory is is the strict religious atmosphere at the time it's apparent that most possession cases took place in areas where religion was a predominant aspect of society um this could be Mm -hmm. responsible in the aspect that nap felt confined in her community and was frustrated with her situations she acted out both mentally and physically in the only way she knew which was through religion by saying and acting as if she was possessed she was rebelling against the institution that was restricting her for example (laughs) when she stated the devil tried to bribe her with fine silks and an ease of labor her giving in would have been her breaking down her christian loyalty sort of using it as a getting back at religion by faking it, I guess.
1: Right.
0: And it says the second explanation could be that she was not satisfied with her placement in society. Um, Once she began showing symptoms, she was no longer required to do work as a servant, so she's still (laughs) being taken care of. Um, It says servants were treated harshly, especially women who were expected to do most of the manual labor, so they had to care for the house and the children. She used the possession as an excuse to speak out against all those who held authority over her. Her, ma- for example, Willard, her master and reverend, and her father. The possession, in a sense, moves her up in society. She was no longer a sixteen-year-old girl, but an important person who was known throughout the town. Right. So it Could be that too.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Interesting.
0: So this next one is from is I I figured all these like early ones are gonna have the same outcome, like sixteen hundred. So this is in seventeen eighty-eight. Yeah. Now it's so like hundred twenty years later or so. Mm. Um, this is in England. It caused a great controversy in England. This guy, he's wow. George Lucas, also known as the Yaton Demon. Do you know that demoniac, demoniac? I don't know. Uh, whatever. There's a word that's okay. like demon and maniac that's combined. I don't really know what it means.
1: Right. Interesting.
0: But, yeah, there's not. It's, it's funny because it says there's a great controversy and there's not much about this guy. So I guess right. it's not that much of a controversy. <laughs> it says that, um... Basically, this reverend was summoned on a Saturday by Mrs. Sarah Barber, a woman who was traveling in the village of Yatton, Mendip, in the county of Somerset. The woman told the pastor she came across a man who was a tailor and a common carrier by profession, who had a strange malady in which he sang and screamed in various sounds, some of which did not resemble a human voice. I definitely know people that do that like regularly, so. And, doc- and declared doctors could do him no service. So she basically told this reverend that he had he was a really good guy and was like a very religious man, and he he was not a bad person, but for the past 18 years, he had been subject to atypical fits, which Lukens, the, the guy who was in question here, believed resulted from a supernatural slap, which knocked him down while he was acting in a Christmas pageant. It says he was, he was consequently taken under the care of Dr. Smith, an eminent surgeon of Rington, among many other physicians who in vain tried to help him. But after his 20 weeks' stay, the medical community pronounced him incurable. So they began to think he was bewitched, and he himself declared that he was possessed by seven demons who could only be driven out by seven clergymen. So. Oh, wow. This reverend contacted Methodist ministers, and they agreed to pray for him. Wow. So here's a here's a letter from this this guy some time ago from the reverend. Some time ago, I had a letter requesting me to make one of the seven to make what requesting me to make one of the seven ministers to pray over George Lukens. I cried out before God, Lord, I am not fit for such a work. I have not faith to encounter a demon. It was powerfully applied. God, in this thy might. The day before we were to meet, I went to see Lukens and found such faith that I could then encounter the seven devils, which he said tormented him. I did not doubt, but deliverance would come. Suffice to say, when we met, the Lord heard prayer and delivered the poor man. So this was the the exorcism, I guess.
1: Mm.
0: this is an account of the exorcism was published in the Bristol Gazette. The newspaper reported that George Lukens, during his possession, claimed that he was the devil, made barking noises, sung an inverted te Deum, and was very violent. In light of these claims, on Friday, June 13, 1778, seven clergymen accompanied him to the church. They performed an exorcism. The deliverance concluded when the demons were allegedly cast out using the Trinitarian formula. What the heck is that? It sounds like some. <laughs> like, uh, it's the phrase, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right, okay. yeah. Um, the clergymen commanded the demons to return to hell, and then George Lukens exclaimed, Bless Jesus praised God, recited the Lord's Prayer, and thanked the clergymen. Just like so that. the reverend, when recording these events, stated the account would be doubted in this modern era of skepticism, but pointed to the scriptures and other authentic history of ancient as well as modern times. Um, an article criticized the account, stating that he suffered from epilepsy and St. Vitus's dance, which is historically referred to, it's it's referred to this, but it's a disorder characterized by rapid, uncoordinated jerking movements, primarily affected the face, the face hands, and feet. Um, right. Okay. And it says the doctor, a medical demonologist, criticized George Lukens as an imposter masquerading as a demon. Nevertheless, after the exorcism, he was described as calm and happy. So Following this case, several pieces of literature were printed on him, popularizing his case of diabolical possession and deliverance. Um, despite the original design to keep it a secret, so this is, I guess, a happy ending for this guy. Yeah. So he was saved.
1: But I like how everybody always just claims that everybody else is lying or faking it. Yeah. Like even professionals are like, "Nah, that's fake." But how yeah. would you how would you know if it wasn't fake then? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean, there's a freaking <laughs> medical demonologist as a job, as a profession. How? <laughs> what do you do?
1: Obviously made up.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, well, who knows? Maybe it's not.
1: <laughs> Another French
0: person, Antoine Gay from eight, you oh, know. He was he seemed to have believed by some to have been possessed by a demon named Is, Isaacaron. It says that he was born in 1790, the son of a notary. He served in the first empire's military, became a carpenter, and settled in Lyon. He was very religious and wanted to become a monk, even during his youth. At the age of 46, he applied for entry into the Abbey of La Trappe de de Something and was accepted as a lay brother. He subsequently left the monastery due due to a nervous disorder, which some claim to be demon possession. So, here you go. This Friar Bernot a former superior of this, the missionaries wrote a letter and he wrote that we have examined master gay of lions three times each session lasting from one to two hours we consider it very probable that this man is possessed by a devil several secret things he disclosed several secret things which he had no means of knowing and his apparent ability to understand latin despite never having learned the language a physician Dr. Pictet expressed the view that Gay enjoyed perfect health of body and mind, but was also under the influence of occult power, which we are naturally unable to detect by medical means and that we remain convinced that his extraordinary state can only be attributed to possession. So he's perfectly happy, but they think he's possessed citing as evidence the fact that during our first interview, the extraordinary thing which speaks through his mouth revealed the innermost secrets of our heart, told us the story of our life from the age of 12 onwards, giving details that are known only to God, our confessor, and ourselves. So following this observation, says his friends tried to have him readmitted, asking to perform an exorcism first, but the the abbot refused because they were in different dioceses. Mm. Um it says he was, so then Antoine lived in Lyons for the next few years. At one point, he was arrested as a lunatic and jailed for three months before being released.
1: What, the offense was being a lunatic?
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Oh, my God. It says God. no
0: exorcism was ever performed for him. And he he died at uh, in 1871. So he was 80, 81 when he died.
1: Oh, see. He learned to live with the demon, and it was fine.
0: I mean, he was nothing was wrong with right. He just spoke a different language and told people about their past,
1: <laughs> so he was a psychic, or maybe just yeah, was like I, I don't know with the town gossip or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, so who knows maybe not all demon possessions are that bad,
1: yeah, maybe.
0: Okay, now now we're getting into like modern, like, you know, maybe, hopefully there's yeah. more data here. So now I think this is late 1940s in the U.S. Right. Um, mm. Priests of the Roman Catholic Church perform a series of exorcisms on an anonymous boy who was documented as Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim. So he was 14 at the time. Mm. Um, and this is actually what inspired The Exorcist. Both, right. both the book and the movie. Um, So here's the origin. In mid 1949, several newspapers printed anonymous reports of an alleged possession exorcism. The source for these reports is thought to be the family's former pastor. Um, According to one account, 48 people witnessed this exorcism, nine of them Jesuits. According to the author, Priest was one of the last surviving eyewitnesses of the events and participated in the exorcism. Allen wrote that a diary kept by the attending priest detailed the exorcism performed on the boy. And in 2013, this this person who wrote the book emphasized that definitive proof that the boy, known only as Robbie, was possessed is unattainable. Maybe he instead suffered from mental illness or sexual abuse or fabricated the entire experience. So this priest expressed his skepticism about potential paranormal events before his death. Mm. Um, But he said, I can't go on record. I never made an absolute statement about these things because I didn't feel I was qualifying. Right. So... Um, this is how it was thought to, to begin. So he was born in, he was, I guess, born into a German family. That's not really relevant. During the 1940s, he lived in Maryland, moved to South Africa. Um, I'm assuming he didn't stay in South Africa. Maybe he did. Anyway, his aunt, who he lived with, was a spiritualist and and basically showed him what the, like an Ouija board and how it worked because he was interested and after she died, the family experienced strange noises, furniture moving, ordinary objects such as vases flying when the boy was nearby. They turned to their pastor for help. Um, uh, some other guy basically arranged for him to spend a night in his home to observe him uh, and witness the same thing. Basically, that this boy was, was uh, how, like things were around this boy were going crazy, moving and smashing and stuff. So then he underwent, according to the traditional story, he underwent a number of exorcism. This guy, Edward Hughes, performed it, uh, the first one. And during this, the boy allegedly slipped one of his hands out of the restraints, broke a bedspring from under the mattress, used it as a weapon, and slashed the priest's arm, <gasps> resulting in an ex- in the exorcism ritual being halted. Right. The family <laughs> The family traveled to St. Louis where the boy's cousin contacted a professor at St. Louis University who spoke to another guy. They both were priests. They went to visit the boy again, where they observed a shaking bed, flying objects, the boy speaking in a guttural voice and exhibiting an aversion to anything sacred. So they get permission again for an archbishop to do another exorcism. Mm. Um, What the heck? The exorcism took place at a hospital uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, which later was later burned down. Before the next exorcism oh. ritual began, another priest was called the Psychiatric Wing, where he asked to assist them. Um, there were like five priests in here. It said One of these priests described that this scene was evil, and words such as evil and hell and other other marks appeared on the teenager's body. Which is weird.
1: Mm, Allegedly...
0: Wow. Um, the boy's mattress began to shake during the litany of saints portion of the exorcism, and then he. What the, the boy broke the priest's nose during the process. Um, but that but apparently this is worked. All
1: while he's still t- like tied up. Mm-hmm. Oh my
0: god. So apparently weird. that that worked, and then the the boy went on and lived a rather ordinary life. So it oh. took a while, but they were able yeah. to get this. This uh demon out
1: yeah
0: yeah it says that the consensus of today's experts uh, says that he was just a deeply disturbed boy and nothing supernatural there's nothing supernatural about him obviously the priests that were present saying that words such as evil and hell appeared on his body make that seem unlikely um along with breaking free from restraint and
1: yeah but also how does he just become fine Right. Yeah, I don't like, oh, here I am. I'm fine.
0: Yeah, it says that when like, people, how do you get over that? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. In 1993, there was a book uh, that was that was published, and basically the author went and and tried to investigate some of these facts that I just I just uh-huh. told you, and it says that um, it was proposed that the boy was simply a spoiled, disturbed bully who threw deliberate tantrums to get attention or get out of school. Um, it says that the priest, who I just told you said all these things, was never actually at the exorcism, never heard the boy's voice change, and thought that the boy Mm. merely mimicked Latin words he heard clergymen say, rather than gaining a sudden ability to speak Latin. It says that when the marks were found on the boy's body, um, the priest failed to check the boy's fingernails to see if he made the marks himself.
1: Right. Like if he scratched himself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He could
0: find no evidence that that such a strange episode had occurred. I also discovered some other things. One, yeah. the exorcism didn't take place where they said it did in Maryland. One, the, the, the boy's address was not correct. Um, but I think these are just sort of different. I don't think these are as important to the story.
1: Right. Um,
0: this is most of the commonly accepted information is a hearsay. It's never fact-checked until now. And actually, there is a lot of evidence that refuting claims that the priest, because apparently one of the priests like had an emotional breakdown after this and fled. Um, but they said Uh that's not true. He's still, he was still there. Oh, uh, psychiatrists, the boy suffered from mental illness, illness to the priest. It was demonic possessions to writers and film producers. It's a great story to exploit for profit. (laughs) Um, so, it's still really, there's going to always be skeptics. They say that maybe the boy had been a very clever trickster who pulled pranks to frighten his mother and fool children in the neighborhood.
1: But, like, it's, nobody would want to be his friend again. So why would he, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. he was a bully, right? So he obviously didn't have friends to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, like, this would get him the wrong kind of attention. Be Like, oh, yeah. I don't want to be friends with him because he's a bit...
0: Yeah, I think I it says that the most, <laughs> the most um, I guess the most critical evidence of this just being like being an actual possession is the furniture moving and stuff like that. But those are all yeah. eyewitness accounts, so it's hard to say
1: yeah. that even. And also, happened. how could he do that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So. Um, as I said, this, this case inspired the novel in 1971, The Exorcist, which was Mm -hmm. adapted to the movie in 1973. And then there is another movie in 2000 called Possessed, which is closer to the story, apparently. Oh, okay. And then there's a documentary called In the Grip of Evil. And then in 2010, there's another documentary about this called The Haunted Boy, The Secret Diary of the Exorcist where a group of investigators traveled to the location and uncovered the diary that is said to be kept by one of the priests. Right. Yeah, so this is, I think, this case, like, sort of started it all and making it more mm. widespread in the modern time. And so there are obviously, yeah. you know, a lot more... Um, there's just a lot, I mean, a lot more movies recently, I think, at least. Yeah. Um, so here's one about Annalise... Anna, Anna Elizabeth, I guess Michael. Anyway, this is uh, she's a German woman who went Catholic exorcism, right? And she was diagnosed with epileptic psychosis. Had a history of psychiatric treatment, which was completely ineffective. <clears throat> so it says that when she was sixteen, she had a seizure and diagnosed with psychosis t- caused by temporal lobe epilepsy. Then she was diagnosed with depression, treated by a a psychiatric hospital. By the time she was 20, she was intolerant of various religious objects and began to hear voices. Her condition worsened despite medication. She became suicidal, displaying other symptoms through which she took medication as well. After taking psychiatric medication for five years, she and her family being convinced she was possessed by a demon. As a result, her family appealed to the Catholic Church. So they rejected it at first, but then two priests got permission in 1975. A priest began conducting exorcism sessions. The parents stopped consulting doctors. So they
1: just put their trust in the priests? mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Doctors?
0: It says that uh, they began conducting the, the sessions, and she stopped eating food and died due to malnourishment and dehydration after 67 exorcism sessions. And so her parents and the priests were found guilty of negligent homicide and sentenced to six months in jail.
1: When was this?
0: This was in 1975. Wow. Yeah. And this is based, or, or this story is heavily um Heavily inspired, *The Exorcism of Emily Rose* in two
1: thousand five. Right, that's what I was gonna say because that's like one of the movies that I know of. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've seen it, but like it obviously has it in the title. Yeah. And the name was similar. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so there's a, a little bit more detail here. Uh, basically, they, their family was convinced that it was a that it was a possession, but they the priests were very, very um like unimpressed with the with the evidence. But then they said that Mm. basically she had intense dislike for those objects and supernatural powers. Um, but she worsened physically and displayed aggression, self injury, drank her own urine and ate insects.
1: Mm.
0: And so in November something you would
1: do for fun. Yeah, in nineteen
0: seventy three, um she started her treatment with an anti seizure drug and mood stabilizer uh, and antipsychotics. Mm. Um, but they they didn't really you know, she just, she just said that things got worse and she saw demons throwing things and heard growling. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, they basically gave up on, on modern medicine with her. And I said, 67 exorcism ses- sessions, one or two each week, lasting up to four hours wow. um, until she, she ultimately died. Um. Oh my wow. God. This is this is horrible. So, the autopsy report. They she weighed thirty kilograms, and had broken broken knees because they were making her genuflect during exorcism so much.
1: Oh my goodness. Um. So what? Well, that's like.
0: The sixty-eight pounds, pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Wow.
0: And it said that basically, you know. They could have easily prevented this, obviously, had they...
1: Yeah, for sure. Like,
0: yeah. Um, so they went on trial, obviously, and yeah, doctors testified that she wasn't possessed and, and that her strict religious upbringing was what caused this to go go wrong because they turned mm-hmm. their back on modern medicine. Right, yeah. Um. Apparently, the, the doctor that they were seeing said there's no injection against the devil and that's why they like ultimately turn turn their back on them right so the defense played tapes recorded at the exorcism session sometimes were featuring what was claimed to be demons arguing to assert the claim that she was possessed um the demons identify themselves as lucifer cain judas belial legion and nero among others they said that she was finally freed because of the exorcism just before her death and um, basically the bishop that they got permission from said that, that he didn't approve of this. He only approved of this because he thought that she was very healthy. And so he didn't want mm-hmm. anything to do with it. So, yeah, the, the accuser found guilty of manslaughter and six months in jail, three okay. years of probation, which was a um, very, very light sentence, I yeah, think, really. and many yeah. people think. Um, so this well to a lot of aftermath apparently after this trial the parents asked the authorities to exhume the remains of their daughter and it said that um the official reason presented by the parents to authorities was that she had been buried in an undue hurry in a cheap coffin almost two years after the burial her remains were replaced a new oak coffin um and her body bore the signs of consistent deterioration accused exorcists were discouraged from seeing their remains um and and not allowed. So that her, her grave is apparently a pilgrimage site, like people go there and
1: Aww. and
0: uh, pay their respects. So right. after this, Pope Benedict. Well, I guess Pope Benedict was more in favor of exorcisms than John Paul II. Right. And so, um. Basically. That they, stopped encouraging exorcisms, unless it was like really obvious, whatever that means. Um, Yeah, I don't know what that means at all. And then it says on June 6th, 2013, there was a fire that broke out. And so some people attribute it to the exorcism case, although I don't know why that would happen. at such a random (laughs) timing. But the police say that it was just arson. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is... This next one again is Michael Taylor. He was this was in 1974 in England. Um so he lived in West Yorkshire as a butcher. And his wife stated to a Christian group again that they that his relationship with the lay lady lay leader of the group was was carnal in nature, but he admitted he felt evil within him and attacked this woman verbally, who screamed back at him, um, said that he was he was absolved, but nevertheless his behavior became more erratic, and they basically said he was possessed for talking to some for yelling at a woman.
1: Oh my anyway, god! <laughs> the
0: exorcism um, occurred on sixth of October, nineteen seventy four. Um, they they basically believe that. Three demons were still left in him after a very long um, exorcism. And it says, while at home, he brutally murdered his wife, Christine, attacked her with his bare hands, tearing her eyes and tongue out and almost tearing her face off and then strangling their poodle. He was found by a policeman naked in the street, covered in blood. At his trial, he was acquitted on the grounds of insanity. He was sent to Broadmoor Hospital for two years, spent another two years in a secure ward before being released. Um, The bizarre nature of this case attracted publicity, obviously. Mm. In 2005, he re-entered the news for indecently touching a teenage girl. A week into his prison sentence, um, he began exhibiting the sort of strange behavior that had preceded his wife's murder, and they they basically ordered him into psychiatric treatment again. He's still alive.
1: Where is he now? He's in
0: jail. Still, or, and I don't know if he's wow. in jail or in this, this yeah. hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another one that's more recent than the last one. And then there, there's one, well, there's one more that's like in the 80s. And then there's one that's more recent that I will just end with. And then we can just okay. talk about stuff briefly and then go from there. So this is Arn Cheyenne Johnson. It was, this is known this trial is known as the Devil Made Me Do It case. I don't know if that <laughs> means anything to you. It's the first known case in the U.S. where the defense sought to prove innocence based on the defendant's claim of demonic possession. Um, as in Connecticut. So she was convicted of first-degree manslaughter for the killing... Oh, he. Sorry. He was convicted um, of manslaughter for killing his landlord. So... Apparently, wait a second, how old is this person? Anyway, according to a testimony by the Glatzell family. 11-year-old David Glatzell allegedly played host to the demon that forced Johnson to kill Bono. Bono. After witnessing a number of increasingly ominous occurrences involving David, the family, exhausted and terrified, decided to enlist the aid of demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren. Again, with...
1: They're everywhere. I
0: know. Noted for their investigation to Amityville Haunting. I didn't know that they did that too. But in yeah. Alaska, that sh- <laughs> they're everywhere. They are. And they tried to cure David, the little boy. Did they? They tried to. I mean, it's a-
1: well, because you said Connecticut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in Connecticut. It
0: says so I there's guess it was lot-
1: only just off the road.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it says the the process... They basically proceeded to have multiple priests petitioned that a formal exorcism performed on him. This little boy that I don't know how it's related yet, but I hope it. Wait. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. So the process continued for several days. The demon fled the child bodies and took up residence within this other guy. <laughs> several months later, Johnson All killed right. his landlord during a heated conversation. His defense lawyer argued in court that he was possessed. But the judge ruled that a defense could never be proven and therefore is infeasible in court of law. Johnson was subsequently convicted, though he only served five years of a 10 to 20 year sentence. Wow. Um, the film, a film adaptation is currently in production and will be titled The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It.
1: I was gonna say, are they are gonna make a movie? Probably. About that one.
0: <laughs> it says that there's a version of, from Discovery Channel's A Haunting. Uh, okay. Where they, like, interview the the Warren family, I guess. Right. Um, it said, David recollected that an old man appeared, pushing and terrifying him. The couple initially thought David was using this old man as an excuse to avoid cleaning, but David informed the old man had vowed to harm the glad cells if they moved into the rental home. David's visions of the old man included the man appearing as a demonic beast who muttered Latin and threatened to steal his soul. Uh, the terrified family basically never, they didn't want to rent that anymore but his visions worsened in the daytime as well. Um, and that's when the family brought the Warrens in. And Lorraine Warren witnessed a black mist materialize next to David, an apparent indication of a malevolent presence. Um, De- Debbie and her mother told the Warrens they had seen David being beaten and choked by invisible hands and that red marks had appeared on his neck. David started to growl, hiss, speak in otherworldly voices and recite passages from the Bible or Paradise Lost. Um, they were counted out each night a family member would remain awake with David as he suffered through spasm and convulsions. After receiving a prognosis of multiple possessions from the Warrens, he was subjected to three lesser exorcisms. So Lorraine Warren asserts that he levitated, ceased breathing and demonstrating a supernatural ability of precogn- precognition, specifically in relation to the murder Johnson would later commit. In October 1980, the Warrens contacted the police to warn them that the situation was becoming dangerous. According to an eyewitness testimony, Arn Johnson, who was the guy who killed the landlord, yeah. coerced one of the demons within David to possess him while participating in David's exorcisms.
1: Why would you do that?
0: <laughs> it is here that a haunting veers away from the circumstances as described by those involved. According to the show, a few days after Johnson egged the demon on during the exorcism, he was attacked rather viciously by the, G- the demon, which allegedly took control of his car and forced into a tree. Fortunately, Johnson was unharmed. After this incident, Johnson returned to the rental property to examine an old well that supposedly housed the demon. In both the the dramatized version and his personal account, Johnson recollects that this was his final encounter with the demon while completely lucid, as it was after encountering the demon at the well and making eye contact with it that he became possessed. The Warrens claimed to have warned him not to do this. Okay, (laughs) as David's condition continued to worsen, Debbie and Johnson decided it was time to move out of her mother's home. Debbie was hired by Alan Bono, the new resident in Brookfield. As a dog groomer, Debbie and Johnson began renting an apartment close to her place. After moving in, Johnson started to exhibit odd behavior that was strikingly similar to David's, causing Debbie to fear that he had become possessed, possessed and he would growl and hallucinate and have no memory of it. So on February 1981, he called in sick to his job and joined Debbie at the kennel. Um, Bono, the couple's landlord and Debbie's employer, bought the group lunch and proceeded to drink heavily. After the lunch, they returned to the kennel. She took the girls to get pizza and returned quickly, anticipating trouble. When they returned, Bono, drunk at this point, became agitated. Everyone left except Bono, who seized Mary and refused to let go. Johnson, headed back to the apartment, ordered Bono to release Mary. She ran for the car, tried to pull Johnson away. Johnson, growling like an animal, drew a five-inch pocket knife and stabbed Bono repeatedly. He Mm -hmm. died several hours later. This was the first murder in the history of Brookfield, Connecticut. In In 1981. Wow. I mean, this is... like it's not like he killed a guy like this guy was what like holding his wife like he Mm. he like abducted his wife yeah I don't know this is weird day after the murder Lorraine Warren informed the police that he was possessed who is this woman she thinks she can just go to the police and make up random shit
1: (laughs) I was gonna say imagine if you're like a police officer and you get a phone call and you're like oh it's Lorraine again she's making another bs claim
0: yeah i know it's like come on
1: what are they gonna do
0: they they attempted to submit a plea of not guilty by virtue of possession but the judge promptly rejected this
1: yeah good
0: (laughs) the defense chose to imply that he acted in self-defense
1: yeah okay well that's better
0: right Uh (laughs) uh-huh Apparently, this incident led to the creation of a television film titled The Demon Murder Case. Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You
1: can add yeah. it to your
0: list. The Devil in Connecticut. Oh, wait. It says this event inspired the premise of the 2021 film. Like the one I just told you. The Conjuring, mm-hmm. The Devil Made Me Do It. It's a sequel right. to 2013's The Conjuring. Wait, aren't these Warren people but... are in The Conjuring or in Insidious? I'm yeah, so confused.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's The Conjuring and also, like, The Nun and Annabelle. Oh, I okay. Because Insidious is, like, different, isn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. It says yeah. it says The Nun, this Curse of the Llorona one that you were talking about. The Nurse.
1: They're in that, too?
0: I mean, it says other films. I don't know if this...
1: Oh, uh, it could be by that... Is it James Wan? that uh, guy? I don't know. But, yeah,
0: Annabelle, all the Annabelles, and then all the Conjurings.
1: Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think Insidious is different.
0: Okay. Is the Conjuring the clapping that... one? I never watched this movie. Oh.
1: Are you talking about the owl? What owl? Do you remember there was a, a trailer, and it was, like, I don't know, some owl toy, or, like, stuffed animal. Oh, what? And it was oh. just, like ha, ha, hoo. ha, ha hoo. Oh yeah! What, what was that? <laughs> Which one was that? Oh, I think my it God. was. I think that was Insidious. I think
0: that was ridiculous. <laughs> I remember, mean, I don't know. I never saw what the movie was that was
1: related really No, legit. wait, wait, wait! I'm gonna look this up. I'll ha hahahoo! <laughs>
0: remember, we were in. Was it with you? We were in the theater, and that guy like in front of us <laughs> was. it? It's
1: like yeah.
0: yeah. Oh that was so that was so annoying because it was just us and then that like those three or four guys. And I was like, Oh my god, this guy's commenting on this. Yeah.
1: Oh my god, ha- right, so it wasn't even an owl. What did it's you even say?
0: It. You googled ha ha uh, it's
1: called Yeah, I put owl <laughs> ha movie. No, and it's called Deliver Us from Evil, so it's oh. completely different. But it's really
0: I just always, whenever I hear this, like, war- these Warren people, I think of the, what is it, that old woman from Insidious, for some reason.
1: Which one is Insidious? I With the, to, like, like, red
0: demon guy.
1: Uh-huh. It's like
0: that, you know, there's a kid who's possessed, and then you find out, like, the dad's been possessed for, like, since he was a kid, and it, like, spread right. his son. Yeah. The,
1: I just Googled it. Yeah, don't like Google it, because
0: that red just... demon guy is pretty scary.
1: Right, okay. Yeah, but they yeah. are very similar, aren't they? Yeah. Because Insidious is about the house. That's, possessed. That, uh, not possessed, but. Yeah. Okay. But Apparently there's three Insidious.
0: Yeah, I think so. One is like the Four one with of the key them. finger people. Key, I don't yeah, I the last it.
1: key. Yeah. It came out two years ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I have one last, like, recent i guess random recent story yeah um from 2019
1: oh very recent then
0: wait why this article never mind this article is published in 2019 but it says that in 2006 this event happened so i don't know why they decided to anyway it says amy was left paralyzed below the waist after she plunged from the second story of her home onto a brick patio in november 2006. the circumstances were unusual She claimed she had climbed into an open window and was sitting on the sill when she fell. She insisted that she did not jump. But for months beforehand, she'd been struggling with dark thoughts. She had heard voices telling her to kill herself and sought treatment from doctors and psychiatrists. She believed she was going through a mental breakdown. After her fall, she was lying in a hospital bed when she was visited by a woman who claims to have raised the dead and healed the terminally ill through prayer. The woman saw something in her that no one else had. She saw demons. It said she had been experiencing strange ailments seven months before her fall. She was wrapping up a 24-hour shift as a med flight nurse at a Baptist medical center. uh, Tasked with treating a burn patient after wheeling him on a stretcher and completing a report, she found herself wandering the halls aimlessly. She had suddenly forgotten how to do her job. After I took care of him, my mind went out the window, she said, I was just blank. That was her final shift at the hospital. A mar- she, a marathon runner, went home and was unable to run straight. She couldn't even perform simple tasks like picking out her clothes. She told her husband she was having a nervous breakdown, which began a string of visits to doctors and psych- psychiatric hospitals. She was diagnosed with different mental illnesses, described the antidepressants like they were candy, but the voices continued and her behavior became unpredictable. She stripped out of her clothes at a gathering with her in-laws. During visits to the hospital, she yelled at her former coworkers. A particularly tense episode happened when she and her husband traveled to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota looking for specialized treatment. While there, she broke away from doctors and climbed seven or eight stories up to the edge of a parking ramp and threatened to jump. Police and her husband talked her down, but the voices continued. The downtown Church of Christ held a prayer service for her after she fell. Among those attendants was one evangelist who performed ten exorcisms. It says that... Pentecostals call them demon castings but the right is fundamentally the same hmm. um she never met her but felt compelled to visit her said the lord spoke to me and to go to her or whatever. then mm-hmm. she had broken her back in three places punctured both lungs and broken her rib so the injuries indicate that she did not brace herself for impact none of the bones in her arms and legs were broken Said when she arrived at the hospital that this woman who's maybe possessed was wide-eyed. I could see the demons, she said. A friend of her told her that Lawson, who was the person, the priest or evangelist, was there to pray for her. According to Lawson, something inside the woman growled in response. Why are you here? She snarled. Lawson brought out anointing oil and wiped it across her forehead and then said something uh like said some jesus thing and then her yeah, face, yeah. facial expression <laughs> changed um yeah i guess what the heck what? apparently exorcisms are very dangerous like it's it's it says that i think that ends like that story and this is just yeah. kind of about exorcism
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and there's a lot of people that are coming out and say saying that they've seen a lot of this, like, levitating bodies, eye color changes, and that it's, it's very real. But if you don't experience it yourself, um, you, you'll never believe it, basically. Right. So, you were, you were pretty skeptical in the beginning. Do you, do
1: yeah. you,
0: are you still skeptical? Or do you think that it's going to be, if it's one of those things that, like, until it happens to you...
1: Well, I don't know. It's kind of weird because it doesn't happen a lot, but does that make it more true, if you know what I mean? Like, or I don't know. Is it one of those things that like, so for example, when they used it to get out of committing a crime and they're like, ooh, Mm. that guy claimed to be possessed. Let me like put on a show and pretend to be possessed for like however long and then go and commit a murder. And then be like, "Well, I was possessed," mm-hmm. and then it'll all be okay. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Like it does seem really scary if it is true. Mm-hmm. But like, what are I don't know? Do demons not have anything else better to do? Maybe not. Like, well, let's just have a fun. I mean, it does just make me laugh because like, <laughs> how just demons are just messing around. I don't know, which I think is funny but it's probably it's not funny right if it was real <laughs>
0: i guess they're <laughs> yeah i guess that their goal is to take your soul or something
1: yeah because what happens to like if a demon does possess you also why are there more than one in one one person yeah i guess they they're can like, really hey, just crowd around <laughs> like there's seven of them in one body that seems like a lot like a big ex- excessive guys yeah, They couldn't decide who was going to take over this time. But, like, yeah. so this happens, they possess this person, and then what? Like, what What do they get out of it?
0: <laughs> what do they just get? Causing,
1: just causing mischief? Yeah, I guess so. But then when the person dies, then what? They're like, oh, game's over.
0: <laughs> right, let's see. I don't know. I'm going to Google this question you just asked. What do demons get out of possession?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: because obviously, well, like, the person who's being possessed thinks that they're going to get, like, money or popularity or whatever.
0: I don't, there's no answer to this. No,
1: but now I'm getting demons, ads so. for,
0: like, a bunch of mini- uh, like, ministries. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Are you
1: possessed? Call let's see.
0: House. This website looks awful, but let's see what they say. It just, yeah, I don't know. I guess the the demon doesn't really get anything except make you evil, or or I guess like have have control over other people in this realm. Like they can they can interact through you with other people. Yeah. I guess. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you believe that it happens?
0: I don't. I don't really believe that it happens. But if like someone that you cared about was like, "Oh, I really think I'm possessed," and they were totally normal, like, but I don't do know, would you not believe them? them?
1: Well, I don't know. I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, fine, whatever you say," but I don't. I I don't know. I do guess you there's know, not a lot
0: of... Do you know like, what this website says? A sign of possession? What? Being ugly.
1: That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I assume it means, <laughs> like, like you, you can, like, look really scary
1: sometimes. I don't know. Being ugly. Mm-hmm. So, every ugly... I mean, ugliness is obviously... Uh,
0: this is the word. This website is hilarious. It's like, it's like, it has a works cited page and it has like primary sources and secondary. Like it it looks like this is a page someone made for like a class or something. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Here's They were exorcism. studying
1: to be that like, what was it? Medical demonologist or whatever it was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's see. What does a demon want? Let's go back to the basics. Um, yeah, I guess there's never, there's not going to be a simple answer for this. It's going to take like three more No, I guess you're never
1: going to know. (laughs) The belief that
0: demons have sex with humans runs deep. What?
1: Uh, What?
0: Oh my God. This, these, there are some, I keep forgetting the internet is like, when you start looking up this stuff, you get to the part of the internet. You don't want to (laughs) go. I just read a a description that said that coronavirus was started from the demon having intercourse with a human.
1: Oh, for goodness'
0: sake! So I think we shouldn't answer that question.
1: <laughs> I don't want to
0: even know what people think out there.
1: Yeah, the world um, is a scary place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's but yeah, I, I don't mean, know. That's kind of where I'm at in terms of the stuff I wanted to discuss. But in terms of believing it, I wouldn't probably wouldn't think that initially. Um,
1: no i would instantly just think mental illness yeah i would say
0: but i also wouldn't wouldn't want to be in the situation where someone that you have like lived with is like oh i feel a dark presence be like oh my god
1: yeah Yeah, and then they start flying around the
0: house god
1: but it is quite scary that it like can jump from one person to another
0: so this, this is, this happened recently to me, yeah. but, so I was, I was waiting, like, I forgot why. I, I was waiting somewhere and yeah. there was a man who was also waiting there, like, for some reason. I was was, dist- yeah. we were, like, obviously distance whatever. Yeah. And he just randomly started talking to me because I have this stupid shirt that has, like, a, a magic, like, a top hat. like a, And it's, like, a little magic hat. Like a magic wand and like a... Uh
1: Uh-huh. Anyway,
0: I don't know why. I'm never wearing this again because every time I wear it, people talk to me. And he's like, oh, wow, like, do you do do magic? And I'm just like, no, like, I I don't. And so he goes, he's like, oh, my name's Felix, like the cat. And I'm like, okay. Okay. And he takes out, he's like, see, I got this. And he takes out like an actual magic wand. And I'm just like, what are the odds? that you actually have and i was like so you do magic and he's like talking to me about you know he feels close to the spirit world and all this stuff but recently like you know there's one full moon that he he woke up in a in a forest and he was howling and like butt naked and i'm just like okay this yeah like get, had to get he restrained he he did not convert into anything but he had to be restrained by like like a team of police officers they sent a helicopter to look for him and because he was running around basically hikers had seen this naked man screaming and running around they called the police on him
1: Well, good. And, yeah.
0: and he had That's been true. there because he was having like recently having a lot of these dark thoughts and stuff and they prescribed him lithium and he was at this place to like basically he had to go i think what was happening was he was prescribed these because he was also into like some heavy drugs so he had to go get his blood tests to like he wanted to make sure he wasn't doing anything wrong with the treatment right but this guy was like like, he he was just like really it was so random he was like talking about this stuff and he seemed like you could just look at this guy and he seemed like he was young around my age but just Uh looked so old Like his hair was graying his eyes were like sunken in and i'm just like like you couldn't tell how old this guy was But it seemed like He was physically older like I mean like I don't know
1: mentally. Yeah, yeah
0: And and the way he was talking is like yeah, you know my parents will cut me off If like financially if I don't do so he must have been like around the age I was thinking initially Yeah, anyway I like after I left. This was like months, maybe a month or two ago. After I left that interaction, and I just like chalked it up to some like, oh yeah, this guy just talked to me, and like I had to wait there. But that entire week after I met him, I felt like the worst I had ever felt mentally. Like I actually felt like there were there were days that I just like, like would just sit around. I think I told you about them. I just like. I didn't want to do anything. I just like lay on the floor and do nothing or just like, yeah. and it was so weird because nothing had even really happened. Like Mm. despite the the stress level of my day to day are high, but they're constant. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? And then like faded after that. I'm like, this guy either put a spell on me or like something transferred. (laughs) I swear there's no, there's no way this magician guy, like whatever is like, you know, these people that are really in touch with the spirit realm, yeah but like i don't know it made no sense and it's not even like i was like oh no maybe he's gonna transfer it and i like induced it on myself like that's obviously not something i'm gonna think is gonna happen
1: right yeah yeah exactly
0: but then i was like what it was the only thing that happened that was bizarre and i was like if this is like a permanent thing i'd be so mad at this guy i'm gonna find him and like make him reverse this or whatever
1: <laughs> and he gave
0: me his phone number and no, he gave me he, this is the other he's like oh what? here's here's my email but I change it every week because like, I don't want people tracking me. And I'm like, who are you? Like, how? how what the I, hell? Why would I contact you? But also, like, what? And so the magic wand was also a fountain pen. I don't know. This is like.
1: He's a time traveler.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It was weird. And I was like, I can't that even write weird. with this thing. Because like, it's a fountain pen. And it's there's no ink.
1: So wait, he gave you the magic wand for what?
0: To write down my phone number. You know, I do, like, the classic thing where I change the last digit. Yeah? Yeah, so, like, it gave him that. And then I was thinking, like, maybe this is revenge for giving the wrong number or something. Like, I don't Aww.
1: know. But he it was so tried calling weird. you, and then the... <laughs> maybe he sent like the someone, demon after you.
0: Someone completely different. <laughs> well, because he was, like, he was, like, there was definitely, like, a dark vibe to him but i mean mm-hmm. he clearly was going through some shit so i wasn't like oh this guy's evil he wasn't evil he was just like it was obviously Dad. a tough time for him like yeah he was going through a lot of stuff like i felt kind of sorry for him but then yeah. at the end of the conversation he's like yeah i don't know where i'm gonna stay if and i'm like you get the hell out of here you, you really think Aww. i'm gonna like be like oh yeah come over and like, but
1: people do that.
0: I know. People it's do. also California where I think it's much more normal to be like, oh, yeah, I'll come over and you can stay with – like, no.
1: Oh, no way. What?
0: Yeah. yeah. But I haven't seen him again. I mean, not that I, like, go to that. Like, that was a random place for me to be in general.
1: But is, like, where you are kind of a small place where you see the same people multiple times? Like, if you were going to the store, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I saw that person going – to wherever
0: before yeah Yeah. i mean he was a nice nice guy guy. well it it wasn't
1: very nice if he made you feel like that for a week
0: well you know like some people they don't like they're not like actively trying to make you feel certainly it's just like they like leak their energy onto you
1: yeah so, like that's that's long, pretty normal
0: yeah. if you're like in a good mood you're hanging around someone who's all down in the dumps you're not going to be in a good mood for very much longer
1: yeah but this was like true. delayed
0: like delayed intense response yeah but i don't Weird. it wasn't a demon i don't think
1: <laughs> you don't think not even... anymore
0: maybe i transferred it somewhere to
1: someone else. oh christ <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah who knows <laughs> Did oh. you
1: ha, like suffer from any of the things that were in the list? So, like, did you hear any no. footsteps? Or no, you... I didn't
0: hear. Well, the other day, this, but this was far, like, far After. in the future. This was yeah. like two days ago, three days ago. Right. I was on the couch and I heard the door, the bedroom door slam and I left it open like a little bit. So yeah. I, I knew I didn't like, I knew that I, like, it wasn't closed already. Yeah. And I just figured Bristol like slammed it shut because it was too loud or something. Yeah. But she didn't do anything. And the door just slammed shut.
1: But there was no window open?
0: No. Or Plus, like every, there's no wind here because this place is awful to be in. Because it's just hot and full of fire and there's no breeze or anything. Right. So I was like, oh, what? I was like annoyed. I'm like, wow, you couldn't just tell me to like, lower, like why are you slamming doors? And she was like, I woke her up basically. And she's like, what? I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then the other day, she said something super creepy. She was like looking out the window, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. I saw a boy in the reflection." I'm like, "Stop!" <laughs> she's like, "Oh, did what? you see that? Is there like, do you see that? Did you see that boy?" I'm like, "No, I didn't see a boy she in stopped. the reflection of the window." And I was What's just like hoping that he it was
1: behind was like,
0: her. I don't know. She just saw him in the wind, like in the reflection of the window.
1: But not outside.
0: No, it was like looking outside the window, but a reflection, so inside the apartment.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. That's awful.
0: I gotta get out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> When's your lease up?
0: Uh, I don't even know anymore. Oh god. Yeah, maybe we released a demon from the, the shower bathtub mold. It's all, It could also just be fungus psychoactive stuff that's just leeching into my brain because this... Oh, well, this podcast has gotten really weird now. <laughs> Every the last two podcasts I've brought up like fungus.
1: Well, that's say you're turning into a zombie. I mean, I'll just Maybe. become a mushroom.
0: And I'm drinking mushroom coffee now. Oh my god. <laughs> and that, then this guy was on shrooms. He said? Yeah, I mean, he was on everything. He was telling me about all this stuff he was doing.
1: Oh, my God. I don't understand why people love that. They just, like, have to tell you their entire life story. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't the tell a stranger
0: that, they... that I was yeah, arrested yeah. butt naked, howling at the moon in a forest.
1: No. But
0: it was like, are you believable. proud of that? I mean, yeah. I, I think it's because he said he was there because he was like, going to be on lithium. And I was mm. like, oh. And then he's like, oh, don't worry. It's because of this. And it's like, I, don't, I wasn't going to... I, yeah. I wasn't going to ask, but...
1: Yeah, because it's really... You don't want to know. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference to your yeah. life.
0: Also, what if he it was like, change. oh, yeah, I've been, I've been struggling with demonic presence. I would have been like, oh, my God, please.
1: What? Please oh, don't yeah, do okay. this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but well, would you have believed him if he said anything? I don't know. No.
0: I mean, everything he was saying, like he had a notebook full of like random things that he was writing down like random words and thoughts like the book that i had to write in for him i was like what is all this everything
1: he's collected over the years of his uh travels yeah yeah
0: (laughs) well yeah that's that's too much Mm. for today i think this story (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Well, yeah,
0: I guess that'll conclude this one today on demonic possession and other random Sounds things. Good. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't forget to what is it? Follow and like the us on Instagram Facebook, and stuff. Instagram.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll have to find some uh, pictures to put up on the Instagram. I have some. You have some. <gasps> yes, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, thanks for listening, and check back next time for some more scary stuff.
1: (laughs) Bye!